Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Hey, we are um, in the middle of a series, as you saw, we're calling Brave, and uh, it's so good. Honestly, this whole series is about you. Uh, It's really about the fact that no matter who you are or what you believe, you matter and your life matters. And, And it matters so much because God has created you and designed you and crafted you with an intentional purpose. He's got a plan. He's got a vision for your life. And, and I just want you to know that when it comes to God and when it comes to the calling that God has on your life, it's important that we live brave. It really is. It's important that we live with a trust in God. In fact, this, this calling that God has, it's both macro and micro. It's both individual for you, but there's a calling God has on us collectively as a we. So it's for me, but it's for we. It's all in there, that calling. And it's so vital. In fact, this is what the good news of Jesus is all about is that because of Jesus, we have a chance to live the life we were made for, that only through Jesus do we have the opportunity to really live a brave life. And I think the biggest thing to know when it comes to this, and really, the, I usually give you the one thing to know at the end of the message, but it's at the beginning, so you guys might be able to leave here in like three minutes, but probably not. But um, <laughs> here's the thing. There's one thing to know, that God is in the business of making you braver and not safer. That when it comes to your calling and when it comes to the thing that God has placed in your life, the dreams he's put there, God is in the business of making you braver and not safer. And and, and all of us face different opportunities. We face different moments. We we face uh, different adversities, different, different times when we come to a crossroads and we are given the opportunity when it comes to following God, when it comes to that calling, when it comes to trusting him, will I be brave? And will I step forward or will I step back and play it safe? I think we all have those moments. Uh, They come uh, multiple times. And I I just really, the heart of this whole series, uh, the last two weeks we've done and the next few that we're going to do is just to say, come on, because I believe if you get this one truth in your heart, this one truth that God is in the business of making you braver, not safer, I believe that can change your life. I believe that will change This church, I believe this will change our community, and that is what Jesus wants to do. It's what he's all about. And and, uh, you're going to have those moments. You're going to have those times when you have to choose, or am I going to play it safe, or am I going to play it brave? And and I believe we've all been there. Honestly, I know you've already, you can think back. Think back to those moments. I know I've had moments like that where I've had to choose to play it safe or play it brave. And uh, sometimes they're major, and sometimes they're minor, but even the minor ones you cannot discount for real, all right? And so uh, I, I remember this one time that um, I had to play it safe, and it was, uh, uh, it was it had to do with this right here, uh, right here, if you saw this. Go ahead, throw that picture up. Yeah, do you see that little guy? Yeah, he's not, he looks little, but he's mean. Leave it up there. It needs to be there for display. Okay, so this is, uh, so it, picture it. My wife is pregnant, um, and it's early in the morning, and she wakes up to do what every pregnant woman wakes up to do, Pray, right. That's what she was getting up to pray in our bathroom. Um, but she went to go pray. And, and so she gets in there and she lets out a scream. I mean, she goes crazy. Literally, she jumps onto the side, pregnant lady, jumps onto the side of our tub, screaming that there was an enemy in our house. And I had the choice. Am I going to play it safe 
and call my dad? Or I... <laughs> no way, man. I'm going to take my stand. And I run in there with nothing but my bare hands. I run in. My wife runs out and shuts the door. I tell her, tell my unborn child I love them. And I'm sitting there, and it's me and this little shifty guy. And, and he's just scurrying everywhere. It, no, no joke. The door shuts. It sounds like World War II takes off because he somehow pulls the shower curtain and the shower rod onto me. I'm in the tub. Then I'm trying to block the door. And then we're going all around. I have nothing to do. But I do. I'm resourceful. I'm, I, I find something. In fact, that, why do I do that? Because I'm a leader. And leaders, we find, we're resourceful. And so I find this stool that we had in the, in the bathroom. This is a true story. For our kids to stand, it wasn't a stool. It was like a bucket. And it was how our kids reached um, the um, uh, yes, thank you. The sink, and so I take that, and then I, I trap it in the corner, and I get it, and I've got it, and I'm holding it down. But now I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna get it out. So I ask Hannah for a, a Manila folder, vanilla, Manila, whatever you want to call it. I slip it under there, and I take that mouse, and I just I wanted to punt it, but I took it over to the woods, and I just let it go. But I wanted to punt it. But I tell you what, that was a moment I had to I had to choose to be brave, and you know what? My wife thought I was brave that day. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah. Now I just tell Shep, go get it, buddy. Go, you go. This is your chance. No, you will have moments. You've had moments. We, as a new community, will have moments. Will we choose to play it safe, to play it brave? And when it comes, when it comes to bathrooms and mice, maybe it doesn't matter, but when it comes to the calling of God, that he has in your life and the vision that he has in your life, it matters. It matters what we choose. And, and what I'm hoping today is I'm hoping that, that really, I, I want to show you a, a story. I think it's in, it's in the Old Testament. I think it's a story of one of the bravest moments you could find in the Old Testament. It has to do with Israel, the people of God, their first king, his name was Saul and his son, Jonathan. And a moment they had when they were facing an enemy and what I'm hoping is that as we walk through this story, I can pull out three kind of insights that God will use to challenge you, challenge me to challenge our faith and our trust in God, to get us going, to get us moving forward, that we would not sit back when God is saying it's time to go. Good? That light came on right on time. So you ready? If you're ready, say bueno. Bueno, come on, let's go, let's go. So I want to take you to this story. It's here in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And let me just kind of set the stage for you. It's actually uh, early on they tell us what's happening. It says that the Philistines, they were an enemy of God's people. They had assembled to fight Israel. Go ahead and throw this up for them. And here's what they had. They had 3,000 chariots. They had 6,000 charioteers and soldiers as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And if you don't know the story, God's people have been given a land. It was a promise from God that they would have a place where they could grow, where they could uh, build their families, where they could be a blessing to the other nations around them. But unfortunately, they found themselves constantly under attack. Constantly, there were outsiders, enemies who were trying to take what God had said was his. And they were coming in, and the Philistines were some of the worst. They would take their land. They would use and abuse it. They would take their wives and children. They would use and abuse those. And it was up to God's people to stand in the face of these enemies. And here they are. They're assembled, 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And God's people, they often faced 
As I said, they faced enemies. They had many times like this where it came together. But this is the only time in all of their history where it's recorded that they don't give a number. Normally they do, 15,000 soldiers, uh, 12,000 soldiers, even a rough number. But here they don't even give it. it. I want you to picture this. Think about just a square foot of sand. I mean, you can't even count that. Think about much less a square mile at the beach. And this is exactly where they, they find themselves. This is exactly where these leaders, Saul and Jonathan, find themselves in this kind of moment. And I bet some of you have been there. I bet you've been in a moment where it just feels like, man, I, I, it's just been moment after moment, struggle after struggle. It's been, they're as numerous as the sands on the seashore. I, can't, I have lost count of how many battles I feel like I've fought. I, I feel like every Monday I wake up and there it is again and I have to fight this battle and you're tired and you're in despair and you're just discouraged and thought, well, maybe this is wrong. When it comes to the call God has on your life, you're just tired, man. I feel like I have been fighting and fighting and I don't feel like this I can fight anymore. There's just so many problems, so many adversities, so many struggles, as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And this is exactly where Saul and Jonathan find themselves. This moment of despair, this moment of fear. And unfortunately, these two men make two different decisions. One man, Saul, plays it safe, while the other man, Jonathan, plays it brave. And they both experience something from God that is radically different. And their lives are radically different because of this crossroads, because of this moment. The soldiers... They were as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And God was looking for someone with faith to stand up and be brave and take back what belonged to him. And that's exactly what we see one of these leaders do. But listen, do not dismiss Saul. It's Jonathan who takes the bread step. But do not dismiss his father, Saul. Don't dismiss him so quickly because, listen, the scriptures paint this picture of impossible odds. It's impossible odds. The army they have is way too small. The, the, the strongholds the Philistines have, there's three outposts they have that have been camped around. It's, it's way too difficult of a battle. You shouldn't even think about fighting it. And yet, can I tell you something? This is the first thing I want you to understand. That impossible odds set the stage for possible miracles. Come on, impossible odds. It, it's, it, that's the only way you experience the miracles of God is when things are faced, you're facing that. So it's so true for too many of us that we want the miracle. We just don't want to need the miracle. We want the victory. We just don't want the battle, right? But this is what it takes. Uh, impossible odds. That is the way that the stage is made for possible miracles to happen in your life. And sometimes when you need that miracle, it can look like the opposition or the adversities you're facing or the struggles or the pain of the past. It's as numerous as the sand on the seashore. But there's a reason. There's a reason why God brings you to these moments. Because he wants you to know that he is the God of the impossible. God wants you to know that the only way to get through resurrection is through death. And if you're willing to follow him, he can take you there. God wants you to know that it's only in a place of pain that God can step in and bring healing. He wants you to know that it's only from a place of bondage that God can step in and set you free. It's only in the face of the impossible that God can step in and change your life forever. Yeah, he's worth it. And that's the reason 
why God wants to make you braver. Not for your own glory, not for anything for you, but just so you could know God better and know that he really can do what he says he will do. That if you're gonna, if he's gonna speak something over your life, you can trust it. Even if it looks like the opposition and the enemies are as numerous as the sands on the seashore. That's this moment. And that's what you're going to see in this story as one of these leaders chooses to move forward despite impossible odds. They see God come through with a possible miracle. But watch what happens first to God's people. Look, it's in the next verse, verse 6. It says that when the Israelites, those who were the soldiers, of those, the people of God, they saw their situation and they saw it was critical. What do they see? They saw the facts. They saw the facts of their situation. And they noted it was critical. And this is the second thing you need to know, that when it comes to God's calling on your life, God's calling on your life will always be challenged by the fear and by the facts. Always. Always be challenged. There are things, crossroads you're going to come to, where it's always going to be challenged by the fear and the facts. uh, Sometimes the facts, they say it's impossible. Sometimes the fear say they need to take control. But what I'm going to show you and what God wants to do is God wants to call you to move forward. It's in those very moments when you face situations where it seems critical, where God says, I don't want you to pull back in fear. I want you to move forward in faith and be brave. God is calling us. And sometimes the enemy of your soul, he wants to use fear and facts to deceive you. And to discourage you and to move you off path. You know, that God is good, but he's just not good in this situation. That God is able and he is a God of miracles, but just maybe not this time. That God did call you and God did speak this and God did plant this vision in your heart. But let's just have a contingency plan just in case. That's how the enemy wants to deceive you. And if we're not careful, we can make decisions based on our fears that we can see instead of on the God that we can't see. In fact, that's what happens here. The Israelites, they, they see their situation was critical. And so here's what they do. It's so crazy. When they saw their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, in other words, they recognized they didn't have enough men to fight what was against them. That they didn't, or maybe for you, it's like this. We don't have the money to take that step. Or we don't have the right people to help us move forward. Or maybe we don't have the right government in place. Or we don't have the right economy in place. And yet it's at these crossroads where God wants to call us forward. See, these people, the people of God in this moment, when they saw this, this is what they decided. They decided to hide. Hide in the caves, in the thickets, to hide among the rocks and in the pits and in the cisterns. Saul, even Saul the king, even the leader, He chose to remain at Gilgal. Everybody say remain. He chose to remain at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. Even Saul, he remained. Where is it that you're remaining when God's already said go? Where is it that you're staying back in fear, but God has already said and is calling you, I want you to step out and be brave. Where is it that you press pause, but God is saying, press play? Saul remained. And it could be so easy 
listen, this is what happens with the fear and the facts. And, and can I say, I'm not saying the facts aren't the facts. I'm not saying you dismiss them. I'm not saying you don't pay attention to them. But they can't be the thing that leads you if God is calling you to move forward. You've got to know that he takes precedence in that space, that when it comes to God, this is an all-in proposition. When it comes to our faith and giving our life and saying, here I am, everything, it means that all my chips are in at the table, God, and I'm willing to follow you even if it looks like impossible odds, even when it looks like the enemy is as numerous as the sand on the seashore. I don't care. I'm going to look at the facts. I'm going to look at my fears, but I'm going to move forward because I'm trusting you. That's what it looks like to have faith in God. And that's the point. God wants to develop in us a spirit in you and in me that knows that he can triumph over anything we face. That if he said it, he will do it. Instead of looking at the fear and the facts, we've got to start looking at the God who is calling us. Because God is good. Because God is still working. Because God did call you and he will see it through. Because he does finish what he starts and anything he says, he is the promise maker. He will do everything he says and every word he's spoken over your life from the beginning before you had breath, he spoke things and he will see it through as you trust him. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. But the people of God, they were stuck here and they were hiding and their king is in fear. In fact, it got so bad that the, 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 uh, the Philistines, that's who they are, the Philistines, they were pressing and pressing, and, and so many soldiers got so discouraged and, and so in fear. By, and they watched their leaders. Man, that's a whole other sermon, but they, they watched that, and, and they got so discouraged that Jonathan and Saul decided to take account. You know what they had? They had 600 soldiers left who were willing to fight. And this is where they find themselves. Not just enemies as numerous as sand on the seashore, but an army that has been whittled, whittled down. And, and so what happens is the Philistines invade. They start taking lands. They start taking over th cities. They start closing things down for weeks and months. They actually surround Saul and Jonathan and their army so that they can't move forward, so that they were going to try to starve them out, that they would surrender. And here they are, and Saul is remaining, and, and everyone is waiting to see what will happen. What will happen? And here's what happens. The next verse, it's actually in the next chapter, it tells us, one day. Everybody say one day. One day. One day. I'm praying that today for some of you, it's your one day. I'm praying that for some of you, today is the one day where God calls you to get up and go. Where God says, I've called you to press play and you decide today is the one day I'm going to stand and get moving. Come on. Jonathan says one day. He was the son of Saul, and he says to his young armor bearer, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go, Nuko. Say it with me. Let's go. Come on. That's what today is all about, that we would have a, a spirit inside of us to go and go. God says go, and can I tell you, he is saying go. Come on. One day, Jonathan says, come on, let's go over to that Philippine outpost to the other side, and look what he says. Perhaps, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Here's why. Because nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. Man, when he puts his mind to it, God's going to do it. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Jonathan knew he did not need an army to fight that one. Jonathan knew even just with one other, that was enough for God to do something. And here's so important that we understand that this is how God works, that this is what he does. And I'm telling you, Jonathan decided it was time to stop sitting back and time to start taking back. He says, listen, we're not going to wait until God says go. We're going to go until God says wait. Amen. 
And that's his third point I want to show you in this passage right here. He says this. He says, when you step out for God, God shows up for you. When you step out for God, God shows up for you. And when we, what we have to recognize in that is that it is still our part. We still have a part to play. We still have to step out before God shows up. So often we want the supernatural from God. But can I tell you, that still requires us to do the natural. And the natural is obedience. The natural is sacrifice. The natural is a willingness to move forward in braveness, a willingness to trust God. And when we move forward in the natural, God moves forward in the super. When I do this natural, God does the super. And I think sometimes, I know for me, this has happened to me. I've been waiting on God, waiting on God to move. God, move and I'll follow. Move and I'll, 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 I'll see where it goes. But can I tell you, I really do believe there are times when God is waiting on a move of you. And he's waiting on a move of me. And there have been times in my life where I said, God, if you'll just, if we just provide a little more money, we'll take this step. God, if you'll just open this door, or God, if you'll just, just help us. But you know what? There are times when God says, I'm just waiting on a move with you. And if they would just gather those five loaves and those two fish, they will see that I can feed the multitudes. If they will just go to Jerusalem and pray and wait, they will see that I will send my spirit to change the world forever. If they would just go, if they would just start moving, if they would be obedient, if they would be if they would sacrifice, if they would say, here I am, they will never know what I could do until they take that step. And that's what I believe Jonathan sees. That's what happens if, if, if when Jonathan steps out. He steps out in faith. And I'm telling you, we have the same opportunity when it comes to our calling, when it comes to God's plan, both for you and for me individually, but for we collectively. We have the opportunity to step out and not wait for God to say go, but to go until God says wait. And can I tell you, if we will just go, if we will just go, can I tell you, if we will just go and reach the ones who are lost and broken, who are in pain and in despair, and we reach them with the good news and the love of Jesus, maybe, just maybe God's waiting for us to move so that he can move and fill heaven. Maybe God is waiting on us to move so that he can step out and show up in a way that our whole generation, that our whole world sees the greatness and the goodness of our God. A God who can do the impossible in the face of the impossible. A God who can stand up and show up when we step out. That's the kind of God we serve, and that's what Jonathan sees. I want you to see this in the story. Jonathan decides, let's go, and that armor bearer says, I'm with you, heart and soul. And so they start moving forward. They climb their, out of their hole and they climb up to this base. I want you to see this first verse, what happens in their first attack. In their first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed about 20 men and a half an acre. That doesn't sound like much. That, that, if I were Jonathan, I'd be a little discouraged at this point. Maybe the armor bearer, like, ooh, okay. Because they were facing an army as numerous as the sands on the seashore. But that's all it took for God to move. Come on, and some of you, do not despise the small beginnings, the small steps that God's asking you to take, and the small victories that you see. Do not despise it because it says in Zechariah that the Lord is pleased when his servants will follow. Do not despise small beginnings for the Lord is pleased and it is glad in his heart when his servants will follow him. And that's exactly what we see here that Jonathan, he takes this first step. 
And then panic struck the entire army. And those in the camp and those in the fields and those in the outposts, they all were shook. The ground was shook. And it was a panic sent by God. And what happened is that in one day, an army filled with chariots, an army filled with, with charioteers, an army with uh, soldiers as numerous as the sands on the seashore, in one day, God began to cause confusion in that camp, and they began to strike one another down. And that day, the people of God began to rise up. 600 soldiers began chasing these men. They actually moved all the Philistines out of that, out of their encampment. They moved them all off the land that God had given the people of God. They did all that, and then you know what happens at the very end? Look at this. It was on that day that the Lord saved Israel. In other words... Jonathan took a step, but you know who got the victory? You know who got the glory? It was our good and our great God in heaven. And everybody knew it was only because of him. Lean in with me. Listen, when it comes to your life, yes, God wants you to taste the victory, but can I tell you, it's because he's wanting the whole world around you to see the greatness and the goodness of their God in heaven. And he might be just waiting for you to step out so that he can show up. So let's go. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's get up. Let's not wait until God says go. Let's go until God says wait. And if God is calling you to be a leader, you need to go be a leader. If God is calling you to be a change agent in your family or a change agent in your company or a change agent in your whole field, you need to go and be that change agent. If God is calling you to start that new business, if he's calling you to start that ministry, if he's calling you to lead that group or to gather those neighbors around or to begin chasing your family with the gospel, if that's what he's calling you to go, come on, Nuko, it's time to go. Let's go because God is waiting for a move of man so that he can show up and show that he is the God of the impossible, that he is the God of all greatness and all goodness that the whole world could see, the whole world could know. And so, Lord, I just pray for your people right now. God, I just pray for them in their lives that in this space today, that this would be a one day for so many. A one day, Lord, where you are birthing new dreams. A one day when you are birthing a new call. A one day, God, when you are, are, are re, kind of re, repairing dreams of old, God, that, that they kind of thought, well, maybe God just forgot. Maybe God said that and put that in my heart, but, but, but maybe that wasn't, I, I just missed that. And God, I believe today is a one day where you're calling them to take a stand. And we don't always do this at Nuco. But I really felt like today was a day where some of you just needed to stand as a sign of what you were doing in your heart. That today's a one day. It's time to go. If that's you, I just want to invite you to stand. Right here, I just want to pray for you. Just stand where you're at. That you go. Whatever God's put on your heart. Beautiful. 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 So God, I just pray for those. Come on, Nuko, pray with me. That they would have a willingness to go and to stand. God, you have placed them. You've been so strategic in their lives, so strategic about where they need to be, about uh, the people they want to be around. They have a, a circle of influence that you have created. You, you've been so intentional. And so, God, would you give them the courage, the, the, the spirit of bravery to step out and to watch you show up. 
God, I pray you would give them the strength, even when the fear and the facts say these are impossible odds, to trust your word if you're saying to go, to trust your word if you put that dream there, to take that step. Lord, I pray that over them, that we would see too in this community and in this generation and in this city a great move of your spirit as your people are motivated to go for your sake in the gospel have a seat. Thank you so much for just praying. I want to have one more moment of prayer. Just stay in prayer with me, please. And I just want to speak to one other group in the room. And maybe you're here because for you, you recognize that the step, that step of bravery God's really calling you to take is just to just to be all in with him. Maybe you've grown up in church or or maybe you're aware of God or you're aware of faith, but you've never really said, you know what? Here I am with open hands. God, my life, you can have it all. You've never really taken that step to say, I'm willing to be in relationship with you. You can start being not just my savior, but my leader in my life, my, my Lord of my life. Can I tell you, It's worth everything it costs for you to take that step. And don't move past this one day if that's what God is calling you to do. And if that's you, Scripture says it so clearly. Because of Jesus and what he has done, and you do not have to pay for your past. You do not have to make that relationship. You don't have to be perfect enough. That's all on Jesus. All you have to do is say, here's my life. I invite you in. And and if that's where you're at, right here, this one day, I want to pray with you that you would take that step. Right here, just in your heart, just pray a prayer like this. Say, dear Jesus, I'm ready to begin a relationship with you and to be all in. Come into my life. Be my savior and be my leader. God, we just pray right now for those who prayed that prayer. I pray that you would come in such a powerful way. If they have stepped out in faith, would you show up, God, right here in their seats, right here in their spaces they're watching online. God, that they would sense your presence and your peace like never before. And that they would be willing to let you in and follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we thank God for his word? We thank God. I want to invite Hannah up and uh, just want to share, as many of you know, that today we have a a word. Man, we've been waiting to share this word with you. Um, But we really, it wasn't just a word for you and a word for me, but we felt like this was a word for, for us, for new community, that God is also calling us to let's go. And we want to talk about a fresh step of faith that we believe God is calling us to take as a community. Many of you know the story of why we started this church, how we did it, Uh, that we moved our whole family up here from the south side, which doesn't sound like crazy, but it is. I mean, there's like a passport involved. I mean, it's crossing that river. It's a big deal. Um, And so we moved up here, but really uh, we planted in this theater very strategically and purposefully because within five miles of where you sit right now, there are over a hundred and thousand people who live like within five mile radius right here. And six out of 10, 61,000 of them are disconnected from God and disconnected from the church. 
But that's a big number to think about. But can I tell you something? Every one of those numbers has a name. And every name has a story. And every story, every, every one of those names is a future that God cares about very deeply. And so we started this church not just to, not, not just to be in a theater because it's really cool, but really because we wanted to reach the ones that no one was thinking about. We wanted to reach the ones in this community who needed a life-giving church, who needed to know that God was for them. He wasn't just looking for something from them, but it was, this is about a life he had for them. And that's why we did that. And so we launched this church, and, and, and we believed. I mean, we believed so much. We moved our whole family up here. We le- left our whole life to start a life-giving church in this community that there would be a new community who is for this community that is reaching out on Brook Road, that is reaching out in the schools in this area, that is reaching out in these neighborhoods and that the the Christians who live close enough to this theater can feel comfortable to say, hey, I want to invite my neighbor. I want to invite my friend. I want to invite the the kids on my soccer team. I want you to come, come experience Jesus with me. That's why we started this church here in this space. And we wanted to do everything. In fact, you just got to know that, that, that our heart, and really we believe it is the number one priority of the church, the big church, to help people know God. That is the number one thing. And if we lose sight of that, we have lost sight of why we exist. And that we came to share this one message, that because of Jesus, I do not have to pay for my past, and neither do you. Because of Jesus, I don't have to force my way to God. But because of Jesus, I have access to him and can have a personal one-on-one relationship with him. And everything that he dreamed in my life before I was born, he can fulfill it and redeem it. And he can do the same for you. That's why we started this church. And we moved up here uh, to do that. And and I'll, I'll be honest, it's why we are so passionate about the 44 people who have already said yes to Jesus because of new community. Come on, can we thank God for that? That's why on the last Sunday of this month, we're going to hold our first baptism service. Come on. We're excited about that. And when God called us, we just knew that as we prayer drove the city, as we prayer drove this area, that it was this whole northern region that God had put on our heart. That we love Glen Allen. And yet God was also saying, there's more I want new community to be about including Ashland. And we just knew that Ashland was in desperate need of a life-giving church. Not not just that they have churches. They need more churches because there's 20,000 people just in Ashland, just in in that five-mile bubble of Ashland who are disconnected from God. There's a campus there, Randolph-Macon College, with two, two active Christian ministries that are reaching all those students, only two. There's the the highest concentration of poverty in all of Hanover County is right there outside of of, of the city, the town limits of Ashland. That any drugs that are trafficked to Richmond, you know where they come? They come through Ashland. The the, the officers, they know the, the neighborhoods that they come through. They know the path that it takes. Ashland is a northern gate to our city. And you know what? God cares about that. God cares about the brokenness of that city. God cares about the kids that are being raised in those homes. One out of four kids in that community, they're living in a fractured home without a mom or without a dad. God cares about that because when God breathed them into life, he had a future and a purpose and a plan for them. And God is saying, new community, it's time to go. 
It's time to go. See, on our heart from the beginning, we had a vision that we would plant a second campus in Ashland within the first three years of new community. We just didn't know when. But you know what? Impossible odds like a global pandemic and a church that's not even a year old, but a God who has been speaking since November and opening doors since November and aligning relationships and creating partnerships and and opening the hearts of of, of local business owners in a town that churches have been knocking on the door for 20 years. And they are saying to New Community, God's opened a door for you that we've been praying for. And you know what? We are too convicted that we've got to move forward. We've looked at the facts. We've looked at the fears. We've assessed everything. But God is saying the time is now now. So come on, let's go. So I'm going to ask our lead team to stand for a moment. We have a lead team of 16 who lead with us. Go ahead, stand where you're at, who lead with us and who partner with us. And I just want to share this news that with the unanimous affirmation of our lead team, of our executive board and our overseers, and of all three organizations who helped us start this church, and after much prayer and processing and examination of the facts, We believe it is the word of the Lord to step out in obedience and to open a second campus in the fall of 2021 in Ashland, Virginia to allow us to better reach the people of that community. Come on, would you put your hands together? Thank the Lord for that. We're believing we're, we really are going to take this first season. We're going to begin the campus on Sunday nights. And, uh, and we are very eager to share with you where that's going to take place. We're waiting for a few final uh, I's to be uh, dotted and T's to be crossed. But we're excited about what that's going to look like. And we just believe that for the first season, this campus will be under the leadership of Hannah and I as we build a team there who says, this is my new community. And, and we say, we've got Glen Allen and we've got Ashland. And we're going to start building a new community that cares about this Brook Road corridor. Amen? That cares about the ones who need Jesus, cares about the ones who are lost and discouraged and deactivated in their faith. And so we're going to share. There are so many stories. I I said it briefly, but this kind of start. Honestly, this started in Hannah's heart in July. We hadn't even launched Campus One. And yet God spoke something when we were praying in Ashland that we have not been able to shake. Uh, and really, God has continued to confirm. There are so many stories, uh, and we will share them over the next few weeks and months. Uh, but we just believe that God is calling us to move forward, that now is the time to obey and to be faithful and to be brave. And so we want to finish with, sorry, there's, but even better. Along with this, thank you. Yeah, we want to finish with some of how this is going to happen because there's a lot to it. And uh, I just want to say this. This is bigger than us. It's bigger than Hannah and I, and we need God, and we need you. And not only that, there's been a really incredible opportunity that we've been able to to, uh, see come to life in this whole thing. And I'm going to ask the Godswas to stand up. Uh, The Godswas are in the middle of our our auditorium, and they lead a campus ministry called Chi Alpha in multiple campuses around Richmond. And they've had a heart for Randolph-Macon. And Mike and I have had a relationship for a number of years 
uh, and we've gotten really close. In fact, their son plays drums up here, uh, not this week, but you'll see him sometimes. He's come and played drums with us. Uh, and But anyways, as we've been talking about this opportunity in Ashland, God has begun to burst something in the heart of Chi Alpha and their whole team that serves campuses in Richmond. And so in October, they're going to be joining us to reach the campus of Randolph-Macon and use New Community as a home base for that. Come on. So they're going to have some of their team be a part. And we're just so grateful that God is building something that we just get to be a part of, y'all. Isn't that good? And so we want to take a quick moment and, and share three ways from today how you can know how to just be a part of what this next step is. So the first one is just pray. Commit to pray with us because we know this is so much bigger than us. This is so much bigger than new community. Yeah. We need God to go before us. And so we, our heart is to make eternal impact in Ashland. And so commit to pray with us. Pray for the community. Pray for the school, the campus. Pray for open doors. Honestly, pray for closed doors. Closed doors are God's grace in our life, right? I mean, yeah. I'm so grateful. I don't have all those boyfriends I asked God to give me. Amen. <laughs> eighth grade yeah shut that door yeah but no pray for closed doors and uh just commit to pray with us in this next season yeah it's good the second way is we want to invite you you can give um and i just this is part of this the miracle story of being able to be a church that's only a year old and and yet saying hey we want to start a second campus is that you might not know the story it's one of the legends of newco is that um we actually had a budget of what we had uh, raised outside funding from other churches and individuals and partners who believed in you and believed in, a, in the kingdom work, uh, new kingdom work here in this community. And so uh, we had a budget that we would buy all this equipment, that we buy all the carts. So we're not carrying all this stuff every week that uh, we could uh, actually pay for the first year's rent of this theater. Uh, and then also the first year of our salaries. We raised all that up front before we even started. And miraculously, y'all, God raised that entire budget in 100 days. That is incredible. And uh, it just there's a huge story there. So God raised that money, but he didn't just do that. After that 100 days, we received, um, we received an incredible giving kept coming from the outside. Churches continued to say, hey, we want to partner with what you're doing. We had organizations give us incredible gifts that put us in a place where we could begin to dream one year in. What could God do to start a second campus? We actually were given enough to pay almost solely. Before we launched, we almost had enough to start two churches. It's crazy how God did that. But can I tell you something else that's crazy? Is that this year, part of the confirmations is we've had churches reach out again and say, hey, we want to give into what God's doing. And they would begin to give. There's been $46,000 that has come in this year for Ashland already. We haven't asked for a penny. But God's saying, come on, let's go. It's time to go. And so we are grateful to say we're not doing a pledge campaign. Come on. Let me say it again. We are not doing a pledge campaign to do this. No, honestly, you've already been so faithful. You've already been so generous to serving and giving and sacrificing to God's work. Can I, can I just share one more story? I know I got, I got a thousand, but there's one more cool story. Uh, as a church plant, we had a certain markers we were trying to hit, and we, we were hoping with our tithes and offerings, just the internal giving here, to reach a certain amount in our first year. And at the close of our month of April, we reached 100% of that mark, y'all. Can we thank God? Thank you for your generosity. 
Thank you for giving, for being a part of that. And so we get to, because of that is one of the reasons our board and our overseer said, hey, God is moving this campus, Glen Allen, to be uh, more self-sustaining. And it, you're on the road there. Let's begin to dream about what God's going to do. Because that money God gave us early on, that wasn't ours to just sit on. We didn't think that was a rainy day fund, but that was funds given to us to advance the gospel. And we are only stewards to be obedient and say, God, open-handed, what do we do? So we're inviting you to be a part of that. And so you can give. You, we're not asking you to give a certain amount. We, we're not going to ask that. But if that's something God has put on your heart and you want to be a part of helping this be an excellent first campus that we launch, you can be a part. In fact, you can uh, scan that QR code. And we've actually added a line on our online giving called Ashland Campus. And so you can do that uh, and give to that specifically. And 100% of those funds will go right to that campus and reaching those in Ashland. So the third way is to go. We are um, we are going to build a team of fifty, um, kind of like how we started this church. We're going to do uh, startup parties, and we're going to build a team. We felt like God said, "Believe me, for fifty people from the community to come and be a part." Um, but we also just want to give you the opportunity. If you feel God stirring in your heart, uh, pray about going. Uh, one of the ways that we if you feel uh, that this is your next step, uh, you can um, follow the prompts on the QR code. Uh, we will have a, an interest gathering on um, June, June 30th. 30th. Thank yeah. you. We'll have an interest gathering on June, June 30th, and we'll just kind of share what the process is going to be, what the heart and the vision will be. And uh, part of what we view people who will go as you'll, you'll be seeds. You'll be planting seeds in that community because you have the culture and the and the vision of new community, and you need to, we need people that will be culture carriers over into Ashland. Yeah. And so that that's the heart behind going. And um, if you've never been to Growth Track, that would be your next step today is to start Growth Track today because that's where we really talk about our vision. Um, so you could do that today, and you could come to the, the startup party or interest party. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we got part. We just like parties. We so do. You, the, I'll be honest. There'll be ice cream there. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, so yeah, on June thirtieth, you can also come to that interest gathering. Yeah, and so um, yeah, and I, like I said, I know this is a lot to process, uh, and yet we just believe this is what it looks like to follow the Lord when He says go. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you stand with us? We just want to finish. I want to invite the uh, the worship team to come up. Yeah, you can put your hands together. Let's thank God for his word. Let's thank God for what he's done today. And uh, our team is going to lead us. We love to close out just in a, in a word of uh, really uniting our voices together in song. Uh, it's so important, we feel like. And so we're gonna, they're going to lead us in a song. But I just want Hannah, would you lead them through two quick moments uh, for before we close. Sure, sure. Hey, if you made that decision today for Jesus, we would love to connect with you and just give you your next steps. It's a, really a big decision, and we want to just give you some yeah. tools to get you started on your journey with Jesus. And one of the ways that we can connect with you is if you text the word Jesus to our number. Uh, there, It'll uh, follow up with a form for you to fill out, and we'll be yes. able to connect with you there. And then, um, or you could let us know on your paper connection card. And then also, one thing I didn't mention is uh, if you wanted more, if you w are interested in that interest uh, gathering at the end of the month, put that on your connection card as well. And we'll follow up with all the details for that yeah. um, also.
But to close out today, we're just going to uh, worship the Lord. We're going to worship through our tithes and offerings. We know that everything that we have is from the Lord. And so we just want to worship him. We just want to have a, a posture of worship before him. So let's worship him together. Yeah. God, we thank you. We thank you for uh, just the ways that you pour out your blessings on us, God, through our relationships around us, God, but also just the way that you provide everything that we need. So, Lord, we worship you today. Be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.